This is the iFanboy Pick League Podcast, episode 551, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick League Podcast, episode 551. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. Why, hello there. And we're back to normal format. Back to back to normal. That was uh, quite the adventure. It's not a normal week. format, though, because it's changed. Because I left something off because it changed. So there's... New normal. There's, there's new normal. normal. Exactly, the new normal. Yep. And what is that? We are a fanboy. We like comics. We talk about our favorite comics. We read a stack of them. We talk about our favorite one. I, I went off script for a second there. We call it the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book, other books we read. We'll do some listener questions. We will thank our patrons. It'll be a great time for everyone, especially the patrons, which I was really glad to hear, guys, some feedback from. Some of the people that we gave superpowers to that they really enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm glad. Yes, that yeah. We said, well. Some people got in touch on Twitter. It was great to see that they were welcomed. And I just hope that uh, it continues. That trend <laughs> continues. I, I really listen, listen, I'll be honest. It's going to get weird. <laughs> I can't wait for the first one that like strikes some nerve. Oh, well, I guess yeah. that's okay. But what you should know is that my grandfather was killed while just whatever. <laughs> and that's going to happen. <laughs> and they're going to need to tell us. Yeah. So here's a spoiler warning for this show. It's a review show. There'll be some spoilers, so be ready. Put your big boy pants on, big girl pants on. Ayo. And uh, listen to the show. This is Josh's week. He had to pick. I did. On a fifth week with hardly any books. Well, you know what? That's what you said to me, but that was bullshit. I I read plenty of comics. What books did you read? List list them all. Uh... This, I'm not prepared for this. I got let's see, I got five here from Image, um, and then I don't know. There was like fifteen ish. I had ten. Well, tens ten used to be like a good normal week in the old days. People no, say not. for you, twenty was my normal week. In the well, old yeah, days. but you're you're obsessive. And, I like uh, comics. Right, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> pick of the week. <laughs> I'm holding the wrong book. For some, well done. At well some done. point, I had picked up Lazarus 24, and then at some point, I had put it down and replaced it with Tokyo Ghost. And I was like, I, I don't know what to say about this. And then, oh, <laughs> I, I don't know how that happened. I blanked out. The pick of the week is Lazarus number 24 from uh, Greg Rocca and Michael Lark. Um, I had actually missed the last issue at some point, so I read these two right in a row. So I read 23 and 24. And uh, by the time I got to the end of uh, 24, I was like, oh, I want to know next. Um, but one of the things I, I kind of wanted to check in a little on this because um, I feel like we haven't talked about it a lot because it's Greg Rucka is familiar with this, but it's the uh, it's the creeping excellence. It's just oh yep, yeah, it's still over there being excellent. It's good, but one of the things that's happening here is that we are start we are seeing the turn. This is the action on the turn, which is that um, forever uh, Carlisle, the Lazarus of the family Carlisle, is. Uh, has sort of been getting clued into like all is not as she feels, and this is when she's starting to act on it and speak up about it. And she, you know, talks to her father about it. She starts to rebel, and you've got this really creepy background thing where there is another baby forever. That was a great reveal that happened a few issues ago. Where yeah, it was revealed that wasn't a flashback we've been watching as a young of a young forever. It was I, actually another clone of forever. I cannot oh. tell. If that's a good technique or not, but I think it worked. It worked really well for me. I don't know. Yeah, because confused. I was like, wait a minute, is this a flashback? And it was confusing. Was, it was totally yeah. confusing. Right. Um, confusion we works. Talk, we talked about that on the show. How we were confused, but once you got past the confusion, yeah, confusion works. It works as a good reveal, and yeah. and also like some like, are they in the same building? Is this like a hallway thing? They just keep not passing. Almost. Passing I know. It's it's like they're in the same compound, as far as I can tell. Like the ones outside. So that's security like, guards are watching on camera. Yeah. Like, oh God! Oh, oh, almost in the same room, same time. <laughs> um, but I really like, I really because you kind of at first, you know, forever the Lazari. Is that right? If there's more, sure. Than sure. The, yes. They're all they seem sort of like automatons. 
a little bit. But as we keep going, we're starting to see them sort of act of their own accord a little bit. And I really like this. I also, there was a reveal, I think it was in this issue, that like forever is the is the peak. She's the best She's of the best. Lazarus. Yeah. Um, which is which is really interesting. And you know, the other one's not ready and they can't lose her. And you've got this other um the blonde lady whose name is Sonia, Sonia Bittner. Uh, and the Germans are all fighting with each other, which is great. And it, it's just like there was a lot of cool things that happened here when they got rid of the the doctor and he's got something going on. And that all tied into the very beginning of of like when we saw them all, the waste were all in the traveling that we kind of forgot about. And we're like, why is this year? Just a lot of things came together. It felt like 24, end of the second year, theoretically. It was a good issue to sort of set us up for what happens next. Um, We've talked about it before and I, I cannot believe it's only been 24 issues. Yeah, I mean, one of the other things is that I feel like the world is firmly set up now, so we're not, like, you understand how the world works. They don't have to do so much explaining of that either. They can just sort of, like, the pieces are all moving right now. Right. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's obviously It's just so dense. deep. There's so much world building he's done, and the issues are all so dense that it just feels like it's been going on much longer. I know they've taken breaks, month-long breaks. I'm not necessarily talking about... Time-wise, all that's a part of it, but just the number on the cover—it feels like there should be more than twenty-four issues. Yeah, which is good. Well, which is good. Which is totally good. I'm not feeling like I'm shortchanged at all with this book. Yeah, yeah, like, and they, they've had—I mean, they've had their share of shipping woes and things like that. But I think that the, it's like it's going at the right pace. Well, yes. here's—I yeah. mean, like, are there shipping woes, or or is it you know? There were. There were. Okay, because I—I I, in my mind, it's a little like one of those like. This is how long it takes. They'll come out in a burst. There'll be some time off. There'll be just like, you know, with Invisible Republic happens or with, with you know, quietly, but yeah, to a lesser extent. Right. And that is, you know, this is perfectly acceptable to me or, or you know, any of the Brubaker books. All those sort of top level creator indie books that have a high end artist on them. They're not always coming out regularly, but they're coming out. It's not like right. it disappeared for a year. It's not planetary. It's not. uh what was that other one? What's the really legendary one? For Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. No, it was the, the image <laughs> That's one. the one, man. That's the one that took Damon yep. Lindelof wrote and took like six years between issues. Yeah, but what's the Nate? Uh, it's like the the World of Warcraft. Oh, the non-player. Non-player. non-player that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like that. You know, it's like it, at this point because all the other comics are coming out so rapidly. I get to a letters page in an image book, and it's like, we're yeah, we're sorry about a little delay there. And I was like, I did not notice that. Like, I don't. Yeah. yeah. There's so well, I mean, it's, it's it's funny, and I don't, I don't want us to slide into the shipping discussion, like the shipping no, schedule no. discussion, right? But um, I think it's, on one end of the spectrum, what you've got is you've got the complaint that um, that Marvel and DC are double shipping and triple shipping and shipping all the time, and you're getting, you know, you're not getting consistent artists uh, because they're they're banging the issues out and just, you know, it's just ship, ship, ship. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, you get books like this where it's a dedicated art team. It's the it's the model that we want, but honestly, you're lucky if somebody can pull it off monthly on a long on an ongoing basis. Sure. Um, you know, like realistically, it's every six weeks. That's just the that's just the reality of it. That's you know, fair. and so. I mean- yeah, yeah, and it's and it's, so it's funny because it's like and and on one hand it's like for whatever reason I look at you know Captain Americas and Batman's and things of the world as like the uh, network television where you want a new episode every week, but then you know these books are more like the HBO AMC's where they do a six issue you know, six episode run then goes away for a year that sort of thing you know um, I don't know I just think I think that I think that that distinction is interesting so. yeah so as I flip through this issue um, they're just Every single scene is interesting and impactful. Like the first scene is is the one Lazarus coming down and and literally exterminating one of the families, like like taking away the heads of the family. You know, the next scene is we go to the the little you know the 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 young forever who is so happy, um, and then and then it's older forever and her father and just you know literally playing chess, which is well, it's a great parallel because in the yeah. young forever's playing of. Playing a board game and there's a there's a screen in the it's 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 this, it's if it was a TV show or a film it'd be shot in the same exact mm-hmm. way right it's the yeah. they're in the, they're in their respective rooms playing board games with their family members and there's there's a giant screen in the background and you can see the different books that each one reads and mm-hmm. uh, I I don't think I've ever noticed the screens before mm-hmm. uh, this but uh, I like that it sort of glimpse into their lives what are the what are the books and you can see some of them are more important than others because they're given prominent placement in the background like for the older forever. The last line is sitting in between her and her dad, um, which is probably foreshadowing. Um, but 
I like that whole. You're right. That whole sequence was really great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the creepy room full of forever body parts. <laughs> like, there's a lot to like in this issue, and so I think it's one of those things where, like, most of them, these are pretty good. And I was like, this was really good. Like, it had more of those yes. things that I like yes. about it. Um, I liked also the little bit at the end when the uh, when they really take off the head of the head of the family. Right. The two. I always like when the Lazari hang out together. I do too, because there's because that. The, they get to be. They get to relax. And they get to chat and show personalities. And here we have uh, two Lazari who apparently going around the world just killing, killing heads of the families. Well, and, I, I uh, like. I think the interesting thing about it is that like they have a ton in common. They're they're yep. on whatever side they are because of nothing to do with them. So like at any time, you're like, oh, these guys are gonna have to fight each other later. You know, mm-hmm. I think at the last issue was was Sonia fighting one of the other Lazari. You know that she had a problem. It was a, it was Russia versus Germany, which is. <laughs> Right. Which is great. Um, yeah, it's just a fun issue. And I mean, I'm not trying to ignore the Michael Lark art, but it's Michael Lark art. We've talked about it a lot. Um, he had some help on inks. But other than that, you know, like his his pages are wonderful. Always like he is great. He's really good at doing a lot of panels on a page and not making it look uh, hard. Just really. <laughs> no, I mean, just like sometimes <laughs> yeah. like it. Like it's effortless. You go, oh, I don't realize that I'd he'd sort of squeeze so many panels in there because a lot of times you'll notice something like that. But his his pages are kind of effortlessly readable, even when right. there's a ton there. I mean, he doesn't. So ha- he can do he can do stuff that would normally have to rely on a lot of dialogue. Right. Like he does like uh, sequences of sort of people sitting and talking or doing whatever that don't necessarily need dialogue, which is really impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, that, and I agree. Yeah, he does. It, there's a lot of showing, not telling, in his books, yeah. um, and that's really great. One thing to note, going back to the schedule thing or whatever, I think part of the what got Lazarus kind of back on schedule, and to give just a call out is the Lark is now joined by Tyler Boss on inks, and Tyler Boss is the penciler on Four Kids Walking to a Bank. Um, mm. So nice little interesting thing there. So oh, you know what it's like inking Michael Lark. You know who inks himself for so long. Like mm. that's you know, and I haven't noticed a a a a drop in the art quality at all, which is interesting. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you he think they have sexy by... conversations? Probably. He used to get inked by uh, Stefano Gaudiano and like a, there was oh, a, yeah, you're right. There yeah, was a, right. you know what there was a team of people like his name yeah. was written there, but there were other people working on it too. Yeah. Yeah. Am I the only one who doesn't think the room full of body parts is weird? No, no, that's weird. I well, just want to. I think about it I'm like, you know, I could use a new back. That'd be fine. <laughs> my my ankle's been acting up. Just throw a new, a new, I, new ankle. I, on there's me. there's a practical value to it that you can't deny as long as you have the uh, the technology. And and you got to remember, like the Lazarus is they're a little tougher than us. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they they heal less infection. I don't know. Uh, my, my wrist has been acting up. I could, you know, no more carpal tunnel. Just throw a new new arm on there. Yeah, that's a good. I'm point. fine with that. Yeah. It's a good. It's a long recovery time. <laughs> Not for them. Not for you though. That's oh, yeah, for sure. So interestingly, put you put Saga yeah, thirty seven on the rundown, Josh. That, yeah. Well, uh, what, well, are we just skipping over Deathstroke Rebirth? Well, that's what that was the plan, and Connor was with it, but apparently you <laughs> can't let something go. That, <laughs> Uh, I, I was reading this issue and I thought I don't really have a lot to say about this book anymore. Well, that was literally why I was here. That was my question because I feel like we're at that point. It's almost the same as Lazarus. You know, I still I still get a little thrill when I see that there's one coming out. Um, and I was I guess I wanted to check in with you guys on where you are on on the saga saga. I'm not struggling with it, but it's the it's the, it's the first Brian K. Vaughn book I've. Really read long term in single issues. I've normally been reading his his books in trade, and I think uh, for me that's a more satisfying experience. Interesting. I've heard this. This is. I mean, that seems to be the way that you've been going, just in general, outside of yeah. Outside that, of that, I mean, like I, I, you know, issue to issue, these are all great. But uh, he's telling such a long story that to read it in such small chunks is is not as satisfying. Which is funny because I feel the opposite. I really like the issue chunk because I think he's a great issue guy. If there was anything, this is almost one of those ones where I do wish it came out a little more regularly because uh, it, it has been going on so long that I've kind of forgot where we started a little. Isn't this book pretty regular? Other than the, this regular scheduled break? Well, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah, once they, I mean, they take the, the reason why they take the break and then they ship like clockwork on, on a monthly standpoint because cause they did take the break and they spent that time sure. working and, sure. you know, and that sort of thing. It's so. not a fault. It's just, it'd be cool if that yeah. was the case, but 
you know, yeah, I mean, the, the the thing is, it's definitely it's definitely fallen into the into the rut of being consistently good. You know, and that, and that that it's just you know that it's 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 the expectation is set and it meets it every time, and so it's like it's the chew dilemma, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's part of it, but I don't know that's all of it. I think also part of it is though he's telling a different kind of story. Yes. Than yeah. than most other, it's it's not really plot driven. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, it is, but he also time things jumps. happen. He things time happen. jumps in the narration, so we know stuff. Before right. they show stuff, and 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 like it's almost hard to. That's <laughs> my new campaign slogan. Do you like it? I was just gonna say. I feel like that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a, you could do something with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I I mean I guess the thing that I noticed when I was reading this is when we skip over it though. I, there are things in here that I I feel like need to be called out. Masturbating robot face. Just for example, there's a big robot dick in this, and he just can't make it work. But besides that, like there's actually that was just. Oh, he's making it work. He just is. He just got freaked out by what was making it work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that threw him off. He couldn't. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, first page, though, like, this is one of those things where you're like, this was written by a person with a, this is written by a parent. Um, is there, or there's, there's like the little girl is sleeping and, she, and, you know, it looks adorable. And, and then on the second page, they call out the fact that she's drooling and then she snores. And like, I was like, oh, that's totally a thing that happens. Like, it was very, real it was very interesting like if you're a parent those are the things you can't help but notice um they will snore they'll drool all over the place and it's kind of it's great so that was a really nice touch uh to sort of that's something is that something you guys get excited about i mean i mean yeah no it's great look seriously like he's snoring right now (laughs) it's funny it's cute you do what you can to make your life a little more interesting um not not miserable yeah My life is not miserable. I'd like to point that out. <laughs> My son has started first grade. Everything is very fun right now. Good. Uh, but good but it's just I mean, a nice time. What did you think of it? Oh, no, I, I think it's just cons- consistently good. I mean, it's just it's it's. I, I think that it, it's built up. It's definitely raised the bar in terms of in terms of you know um, quality. Like I, I, you know, it's better than most books out there, and, and still continually the one that you know when people ask what should I read, you go go read Saga and that sort of thing. But like it, and maybe just because I'm jaded or too close to it or whatever, but just like it hasn't blown me away like it did when it first burst on the scene. You know, like I've fallen into complacency with it. But you're used you know? to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like uh, this is like. Which isn't a bad thing. I mean, that's just it, it is what it is. You know. Well, this is like me with that that new Dinosaur Junior album. You were okay. like, it's great, and I was oh. like, yeah, it's fine. It's the same thing that it always was that I liked. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, I was having a little trouble getting excited about it. There's no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just what I'm used to, which is what I really like to begin with. But it's the right. same. So, um, well, it's t- talking about uh, what we really like, but is the same, but wanting it to be different. Uh, Nova number 10. Um, <clears throat> so I really, really, really want to like this Nova series. I like, I, I've, I've grown to like the character Sam Alexander. I like the idea of a younger Nova. I like the idea that he's the last one and all this sort of stuff. Um, but I've been complaining and I've been playing here on the show, and to anyone who'll listen, I just I'm standing on the corner. Of, You're one uh, of those guys th- on a bus. Yeah, 36th and 8th, and just going somebody. Uh, um, but uh, <laughs> I just I wanted them to. They they've been stuck in this rut of he's a teenager and he's trying to be Nova, and but his sister needs a babysitter and he's having problems at school, and it's been stuck in that cycle. And they've been dangling this, you know, wants to find his father. There's something going on with the Nova core and all that sort of thing. And I've been like, oh, just get to it. And it looks like finally they've navigated their way out of it to just finally fucking get to it. And I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's funny because the middle part of this, or I guess the middle Three quarters of this issue is him having an adventure with this guy who knows where Mind World is, and yeah, I didn't care anything about that part. I, I kind of actually skimmed that part because I was like, I don't care about this guy. I don't care about who they're running from. Yep, uh, I don't care about any of this. It's for me. For uh, me, this was this was all about the last page. Right. So when they finally when he goes through the hole in space and goes to Mind World, mm-hmm. and there's the church with the stained glass novas. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, World Mind, not Mind World. World Mind. Yeah, I'm sorry, World Mind. <laughs> uh, that was great. I was, yeah. I was about that, and I'm looking forward to the next issue. But until then, I was like, uh. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think this book is overdue for a Nova in space having Nova core related adventures and not wrestling with being Nova on Earth. Which I didn't. So, I, actually, I we differ that I like that, but no, I like that too. But there's got to be balance. It's got to be. Ba- I got to and and like I just felt for the past nine issues, I've been reading reading the same issue over and over again. 
Right. I get that. So. Yeah, I understand. I don't read it, but I, I've sort of seen the image of that Nova character, and I really like the aesthetic of him being a kid. Yeah, he's like, tiny. Him, he is, and like the helmet is big, and like he's instantly. A lot of times, you'll get a character who gets rebooted, and it won't look any visually different. And this character looks visually different than yep. uh, than the old Nova, and it, even the way that the helmet is drawn, it it evokes a little kid. Like it's a bigger head. Over a skinny body. I really, I really like him in in other books. Uh-huh. Yeah, like yep. when he shows when he's in when he's interacting with Miss Marvel or Spider Man. Like they have a good. That's a good little group of friends. I like that group. It's sort of organic. It makes sense, and so they have a good rapport. And he's a good character. But uh, I'm just flipping I, through it, and uh, there's a there's a panel here where he's walking down the stairs, uh, like in his uniform, and his mom is looking at him, and he's just like it. They already know, and it worries them. And I was like, I don't know that I've seen that. We're like the yeah. the parents know, and they're like, "Well, off you go." Yeah, that's yeah. kind of in- an interesting take on it. Because as you were describing it before, I was like, "That sounds very familiar." Not right. Yeah, but th- yeah, but there, yeah, there is that different angle where his family's in the know, mm-hmm. and there's a familial connection that his father was Nova, but nobody knew. But he found out. And now he's trying to figure out where his father is. And, is it Richie? Yeah, is it I mean, Rich that, Rider's that, that, son? No, it's different. Different Nova. Nova. Yeah, Nova? different Nova. Yeah, he was a black Nova. Oh, no, like not like racially, like he. No, like that, that's that's why his, his that's why his, uh, his Sam's costume looks visually different than Rich Rider's oh, okay. because there was it was a different you know like the a different uh, faction like, of like the Red Guards in the a, in the Death Star a different yeah. corpse. I was gonna say you said like the Crimson Guard in the in and the Death Star. I was gonna say like the SS. Oh, <laughs> oh. or you could just say the Crimson I, Guard in in GI Joe in Cobra. Yeah, the Crimson Guard and the Crimson Guard in Star Wars were, were the elites. Were the elite soldiers? Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Seems like a waste to have your elite soldiers standing around the Emperor's throne room. Yeah. Well. Well, it's the kind of thing they. It's the kind of thing they. They just. It's a. It's. It's. You get. You get, You're off the front lines. You're out of danger. But you're wasting the elite soldiers and all that training. All that the whole empire money. exists just to for Palpatine's benefit. So. Right, he's he gonna make the wall. He's gonna make the wall. T- it's it's not about it's about a show. It's about saying I can do this. Maybe that's why they lost because they had all their scrubs out there fighting, I, and the lead guys were hanging around in red robes. And also, those guys are atrophying. Right? Why did they? Why I get the helmet, but why do they have the handkerchief over the mouth? That's what I never understood. <laughs> they were wonderful singing voices. That's why they really did. Yeah. So. <laughs> Am I the only one reading Afterlife with Archie? Yes. I mean, not everywhere, but... No, on the show. On yes. the show, yes. Where it matters. Okay, so... We matter. This is, this is tough because it comes out so infrequently. I think it's like three or four a, a year. Um, this back is the first, schedule, Back to that schedule topic. Yeah, this is the first one that I didn't like. And so it's a bummer because I'm not going to get another one for another quarter or so. But one of the things I've really enjoyed about the series is that it's taken the characters and put them into a realistic setting and uh, zombies aside, we've, we've dealt with, uh, realistic, you know, there's been, uh, incest issues and abuse and things. You've, you've had these characters as a way to, to, uh, expose those issues. Um, but the characters are still them, despite the fact they're in this different kind of world. In this issue, it's all about Josie and the pussycats. And we find out that they are immortal zombies. I mean, immortal vampires. And it's like, now you've changed the characters. Right. Yeah. They hadn't done that before. You just put them in this different world. Or you've revealed things about them. You revealed that uh, Cherry and her brother were sleeping together. That's that's still the characters are still them are still themselves. But now you've you told me that Josie and the Pussycats were born in nineteen oh six and they were bitten by vampires and now they're immortal and and it, <laughs> it I was reading this and I was very, very confused because I, I was like, is this something that's from the from the books? I just never knew. That can't be possible because it, it's been so true to the to the to the stories, and uh, this was a major shift in the way they're presenting these characters. I, I, love, didn't really like I love that they've crossed a line with you on this. I, I was just going to say, like, is this is like there is so there is such such a thing as a bridge too far with these reimagining or you know uh, unique takes on characters you know and love. Well, it, yes, because they did that to Sabrina, but in her in her solo book, not in this book. In, in this book, she's still Sabrina, the teenage witch. Um, in in this book now, 
it's just it's changed the the paradigm of the world in which we had these characters from Riverdale thrust into this awful situation. Now now we're we're pulling back, going, oh well, some of them are different, and not just hidden things, secrets about their lives. It's that oh, some of them are are magical creatures, and that that kind of blows the interesting thing about the book. Now it's not enough to derail the book entirely because it's a fantastic book, but um, I just hope that you know we don't find out that. That Dudley is an alien because that that's just dumb, right? So it was kind of a bummer. It was a good issue. I mean, Frank, Francesco Francovias continues to draw the hell out of it. Uh, I enjoyed the historical trip through time because they what they had to do was go in underground, reinvent themselves every decade, so that you saw them as like a '60s band and as like a sort of a '70s punk band and you know '80s pop band. So that was all interesting. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, uh, that's that's not that's not the rules you set up for this world. So. Um, so they're breaking. They're breaking their own rules. It's a little, bummer, little bit of a bummer, but it yeah. was. It was the first one I didn't really enjoy when I put down, for that reason. When did this start? In two thousand and seven. No, did oh, it? I don't know. It's. It's been a while. It's been. It's been many years. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think you were off the show when it started. Uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely was. So it's <laughs> got to be twenty thirteen was the first. Yeah, um, yeah, it started in twenty thirteen. So it's been three oh. years, three years and ten issues. Yeah, we get about three a year. Jeez. Yeah. Well, the writer uh, is very busy. He's the uh, Roberto Garcia. Yep. He is now basically he's the chief creative officer at Archie. Now he's doing the TV show, the movie, and this comic. And then yep. you've got Francesco Francovia, who's you know always also busy himself. So, uh, like like we were discussing earlier, like Josh said, I don't mind that the creative team is great and they stay stay together and they tell their story, and it's not dependent on other books, so it's not like it's screwing up the, you know, the story at Archie. Yeah, it's so in their own little world, right? It's yeah. its own bubble. Yeah. But I just didn't I just didn't enjoy this one, this particular one. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Now the title of this particular arc is Betty R.I.P. If they kill Betty. All bets are off. Wow. All bets are off. So w- would you drop it if they kill Betty? I don't even think about it, Ron. I, just, I, just, I, can't, even, I can't even contemplate a world without Betty Cooper. All right. <laughs> I can't, I can't, someone do the ad read while I get composed. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> if you need to help Connor through this time and support him <laughs> while he contemplates what is essentially fictional mortality, <laughs> please go to ifanboy.com slash support and if you go there you will find two things you will find a link to our Amazon affiliate I was going to say page but that's not really right because it just uses Amazon just a link to Amazon that's all what that, that, that link does is it puts a little bit of code up there that says to Amazon hey we sent you and by doing that when you purchase a thing from there um, there are many they have, they have many things if I was at Amazon I would, I would say we have many things um, you cannot purchase Young Frankenstein right now, though, which I discovered yesterday. Oh, it is on back oh, order. Interesting. It's on wow. back order. They, Everybody, oh, they, they bought out the stock. Yeah. 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 Um, and we will get a little piece of those purchases. Cost you nothing else. Uh, also, there are a lot of other podcasts to do this, too, and I would prefer that you used our link instead of theirs. <laughs> it's going to be... Because our link is really the best. So well, it's go. not that. It's that the other ones do not benefit me directly. Right. <laughs> it's a tremendous link, Ron. It's the best. We had the best people on it, and they made a really great link. And it's really everyone's talking about it. There's, top there's, man, top there's, man on. We're doing. Top man, Ron. There's some inform- We're looking into some information on some of the other links. They may not yeah. be. They may Listen, not be as good. This is the best there, link, though. We have. You know, what there, we do. We have great links at iFanboy. We have the best links. There are a lot of links out there, and some of them you can't trust. All of them. You know, they're right. telling you that it's a link, and you know, and it, it, it might be linking you, but it might not be linking you. So a lot of these, more. a lot of these links are are murderers. <laughs> a lot of these links are selling drugs. <laughs> Listen, our links have been vetted yeah. by the really rigorous vetting process. In, industry, you know, analysts, and it, it's just really like with the the forms we had to fill out for these links. I don't even want to. I, I can't even tell you. A lot of forms. They're the best links. Make links yeah. great again. Uh, you what can also the- find. <laughs> a link to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash iFanboy. And there you can uh, you can support iFanboy directly uh, through your monetary contribution. And it leads to such things as uh, some of what's going to happen later in the show today. Uh, it yes. means that you can vote on the book uh, that you would most like us to read. And then we will do that uh, with the, the book that got the most votes. Um, it means that as, as it continues to grow, uh, as it gets to be the best Patreon. I mean, it's the best Patreon. 
Um, there are there are other goals to be achieved, but we're already at the point where we're going to be doing. Uh, did you like that live show we did? Well, we're going to do uh, weekly hangouts for Patreon. Not weekly, monthly, 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 monthly hangouts for Patreon <laughs> patrons, just like that. So, uh, and you got to be a Patreon to come, patron to come and do that. So, uh, again, that is Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. And we are we are halfway to our next goal, so you could help us meet our next goal, and you could uh, see uh, a world filled with iFanboy T-shirts. So we'll, get in on that. We also added a couple of new stretch goals <laughs> if you want to check that out on the page. All right, so uh, Josh, yes, I was surprised that this was not the pick of the week. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just so pick is, of the this week. This was my pick of the week. Yeah, there's, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and if, and if why, you, why don't we fill in why don't we fill in the listeners on what we're talking about jupiter's legacy volume two issue three you know it, it would have been like but it, it, it was a good issue um, you don't have to write the review anymore josh you can pick them i know back, but i literally like, just, just listen to what we said last last time <laughs> and and because of that it was less interesting as a pick of the week for me than lazarus but yes yes this i awesome. loved this issue it was awesome. I love this series. I love this particular issue. I mean, it was you, you see all everything happens in here. You see coming a mile away. However, it's done so wonderfully. Well, not um, like that, but like this was all set up by those other, by the other miniseries. Yes. Which, which at the time you were like, why am I reading this? Right. And, and that, and to have it all come together like that. I mean, that, like that's what it was like watching The Wire for the first time. Three I, I seasons. I was going to ask you, Josh. Josh, is, was this slow clap worthy? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. 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 Also, really, really gorgeous, quietly stuff. I mean, I mean that's well, obviously I mean, it sounds dumb to say, but I thought yeah. this was this issue in particular was like this was tasty quietly. Yeah. This was like high quality. Well, it was all um, just it was mostly just folk talking. Right, and he just does it. He just does the great faces, but it you know when they rip the door, it's just, when there's a hole in the wall, it pulls back and you see the wrecked guy's apartment and the hole. It's just, there's a great, great pages in here. The first time you see Sky Fox in the other series, I just thought, what a stupid costume. <laughs> and now I just yeah. love that character so much. I love that his son acts like him and looks like him. And then, yep. the, and then the little kid, the, the grandson... Is every bit as capable and more as him, and it's just it all lines up. It's it's excellent. This 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 might be. The, I mean, the the, the 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 legacy aspect of the, the legacy aspect of these characters that Miller is weaving with this, you know, this. this I mean, this is his self-professed. This is my Watchmen. Um, really hit home today, and it was just like, oh, cool. Like, like I get it now. Like, you see that. Like, th- this was the issue where not a little bit of last issue too, but like getting the sense of the the bigger picture and how um, this whole world that's been invaded by these superpowers and and them still not even knowing what it means for the greater culture and just dealing with their own inner squabbles and things like that. I just thought it, it just it, it it nailed it. I'm so pro Miller these days. I'll tell, you, so great. I'll tell you the difference. I'll tell you. He won me over. I like him a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the difference between this issue and the last one. The last one was pick of the week. I, what they did not do was they didn't top that cutaway. Of You're being, right. You're right. You're right. They had a cutaway. The they had a building yeah. cutaway. The building cutaway and a hell of an action scene. Um, and you'd have to top that. They just equaled right. it. Look at that last page, though. Sitting there with a cigarette in his mouth. Yep. It's just gorgeous. This is... I, I'm can't, I really can't wait to read this and Jupiter's Circle. What was it called? Sure. Jupiter's Circle, yep. All together. Yep. Just read the whole story straight through. I think what you'll find when you do that is it's going to be a very layered and interesting generational tale. Do you mean when it's done? Because you could do it right now. You can, you can, you can no, just stop No, it's almost waiting. done. It's, 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 this is the last bit he talked about. He's talking about this week. The issue six is the final issue of this story. So we've got three yeah. issues left. Uh, enjoy it while you can. So I wanted to uh, talk about Hyperion, issue number six. This was the last issue of a miniseries, which I don't believe that I have mentioned, uh, written by uh, author Chuck Wendig. Uh, I, th- I feel like I talked about this first issue. I don't think I was I around de- when you did. I definitely read the first issue and then promptly dropped it after the second issue, but go, uh, go on. I could see that because yeah. I kind of – I was trying to read <laughs> – it's so dumb. I was trying to read something different, so I picked out a Marvel superhero book by a oh, so known you're complaining author. Complaining about having too many books. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> because I'm trying you to, did it to yourself. You shot yourself in the foot. No, I'm trying to find something interesting to talk about on this show that okay. is not the normal thing we talk about, which is why. Um, and I don't know that I loved it, but I really did like how it wrapped up. I liked the ending, and I liked the point, um, which is basically spelled out at the end here. So, so Tony Stark sort of shows up um, at the end of last issue and is like, I got to bring you in because you killed Namor, which is the thing that I didn't know happened. Um, yep. But, uh, but that doesn't matter. Wait, and, Namor's dead. Apparently. And Hyperion killed him. And yeah, I, like, I, ta- I, ta- I talked about it in the beginning of the... Oh, that's the, right. I yeah. remember that. I remember that. It was the Squadron Supreme. Remember? Yes. Uh, yeah. That's so. right. But basically, like, the whole whole point at the end of it, like, this, basically this girl had fought, sought out Hyperion to help her escape from the crazy circus people who that she was trapped by. And he was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And he ends up saving her. And that's the whole thing. And... And Tony Stark, you know, tries to get him to come in. And, and basically his point at the end is like, I'm not that superhero that you think I am. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not the kind of person who most people think of as a superhero. I'm actually a god. I'm super powerful. He he kills all the bad guys by rocketing himself into the ground and creating a nuclear blast. You know, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, I'm a god. It's just, it was a really interesting take. And so, like, it worked really well as a whole, I thought, although I sort of thought the bits of it leading up to it were, weren't as interesting, if that makes sense. So I can see why you would have dropped it. Shouldn't that yeah. nuclear blast have global repercussions? Well, maybe it just looks nuclear and he's whatever. He's, he's God. He, he can control that stuff. The okay. villain in this is basically, the, the deal is that the villain in this uh, can always come back from anything as long as there is one molecule of him left. And like so that sounds, that sounds like a power we'd give to one of our patrons, right? Yeah. Um, so he he hey, you know he basically on, he destroys it. He doesn't have necessarily superpowers, but he's just indestructible. And so he destroys him like in a big blast, and then brings him out to space and leaves him there. Okay. So he can't get anywhere. Um, and there's a nice follow up, you know, with the other character and her getting her life back. And I, I do I will say like there's too much Tony Stark and fucking everything, and everybody writes him exactly like Robert Downey Jr. So they go over the top, and it's getting tiring. Sorry. Anyway, uh, I th- I think the, the the miniseries is worth reading. Was it the final issue? Uh, yes, it was. That's six. There's six of them. Um, so you'll probably get a nice trade because Wendig's a name, and they'll they'll put that out there. Um, That's I what wanted to do. I wanted to That's talk. It. That is what they do. I, I, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a big bet I'm making there. Spider Man number seven <laughs> and uh, Ms. Marvel number ten are both the Civil War two books from this week. Yeah. And my observation about them is that the only stories that I'm really enjoying out of this Civil War thing are the ones about the people who are like, why are we doing this? And I'm reading that like in a bunch of places where like the writers can't even resist the fact of just like, this is stupid. It's not a balanced story. I mean, the original Civil War, you know, you were on Cap's side because he's Cap, but legitimate arguments could be made for the other side. Yep. This one, there's basically no legitimate argument for the other side, so it's really hard to. And they're doing with the character like we talked about. They're doing this character that I really like, and they're fucking well, wrecking she, she does, Captain Marvel. We, 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 the continued character assassination of Captain Marvel have continued this week in Miss Marvel Ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She she comes off bad again. I, I really enjoyed both these issues. I really like Miss Marvel Ten a lot because I really have come to like that character, that her her best friend, and to hear how badly he was injured from the last issue and he's his hand his primary hand is he's basically can't use anymore and he's a genius who builds things and i felt really emotional reading that because i you know over the last couple of years i've really liked that character and so now his life is fucked because of these, these superheroes doing the uh the uh minority report style crime fighting and uh so when Ms. Ms. Captain Marvel shows up and said basically you got to deal with it i was like fuck you <laughs> like this is this is stupid and it you're is. dumb. And the last, the last Captain Marvel, which I thought was this week, but actually came out, I think, before, is her showing her doubts. So it's like, she doesn't even buy this. Yeah. And they were trying to make, like, none of the thinking writers have been able, like, it's creeping out that none of the thinking writers are able to justify any of this. And right. that's what I noticed from reading this. You have Bendis. Bendis, if there's ever a guy who was good at towing the company line, and he's got his character. Well, he's like, writing the main book. I know. Yeah. Which we've been enjoying, to be fair, we've been enjoying yes, it. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But in yeah. all the other books, it's it's it's, and I, that through line just of these two characters who are on quote unquote opposite sides, they're both like, I don't, I don't, uh, this doesn't seem right. I don't. Know. <laughs> but that, that that's the only place you see that for Carol. Yeah. Everywhere else, she's uh, 
she's 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 just she's not I don't, we don't make a Nazi reference, but she's very much like author, uh, yeah. totalitarian and authoritarian it's for their own good. Yeah, right. for, the, for the greater good. Yeah, the greats are yep. good. <laughs> um, that was my point. I, I like I like both these issues a lot. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Spider Spider Man. I I I I expressed my frustrations with the last Spider Man. I think issue six, but this felt with this one felt a little better. So yeah, that's it's a great so. character. I mean, like it's yeah. the same guy writing it. So I was marveling at his parents' gigantic fucking bedroom. In Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where is that? <laughs> um. So this week we we've talked a lot over the years over the eleven years about. Uh, license books and how they're usually pretty dicey. Yeah. But uh, if you get the right creators on them, they can be fun and interesting. And this week we had World of Tanks number one from Dark Horse Comics, which is a licensed book about uh, from is the it? from the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's a licensed book from war, uh, the people War Gaming, who makes World of War Tanks and World of Warships and. Because I, I gotta tell you, I was like, I feel like I've read this issue of Tankies. Uh, so here we have Garth Ennis and Carlos Esquera. Uh, doing a tour story about tanks in World War Two, and I, I really thought it was like I was like, is this just another name for a continuation of Tankies? <laughs> it, no. Are and, you uh, sure? Because I need to go back and find those issues because I was I was waiting for the Geordie guy. I just maybe maybe it'll be a crossover, but uh, it was a fun. You know, he's it wasn't quite as good as Tankies. I thought I thought it was fine. Like I'd put this squarely probably in the middle of his <sighs> war stories works, but it was, I think it's interesting that he's now. So he was at Vertigo, and then he was at uh, Dynamite, and then he was at as it Avatar. No, uh, yep. And now he's yep. at Dark Titan. Horse. Titan. It was Titan for Titan Johnny Red. Avatar. Yeah. 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 Titan yeah. Avatar. Um, Aftershock. He did. He did. Uh, uh huh. He did the, the 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 World War II plane story. That he's. This is now his sixth company. He's doing. I, I gotta uh, say, you gotta go where you can get it. Yeah, but maybe not though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't want him to get pigeonholed entirely. He's really good at, it and it's great, and I'm glad that there's a place to do it, and I will take it where I can get it. But it feels like they're like, we don't know what to do with Garth Ennis now. Let's give him this World War II book and give him one of his artists. Actually, this, that's what made this one a little better is that it was Carlos Escara. Well, I don't, you know. actually, I don't, just knowing the way this, I mean, more likely is they got the license and they said, we, the only way this is going to sell is if we get Garth Ennis Maybe. and Carlos Escara or, and one of his guys on it. And Garth Ennis will, of course, write his World War II comics wherever people will pay him. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, I, like, I, I don't think this came from Garth. I think this came from the license and then they got Garth. No, no, I know. It's, but he didn't do anything differently than he normally does. That's right. not a complaint. But he, either way, like, I'd like to see some other stuff from him. Yeah. He does it. You just don't read it. He, did, he has a cop book at Dynamite. Mm-hmm. He, he, I mean, he's got stuff going on. It's just, yeah. you're, not, you're not reading it. I've, I mean, I've looked. I've tried, but uh, the, I mean, it's uh, not his best work. That's kind of what I'm getting at. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I say this is he's probably my top five all time writers. Mm-hmm. But yeah. right. this isn't his best World War II work. I thought this was very much in the, in the, in the middle. Not even as good as some of the stuff he did at Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> it right. looked much better, but, you know. Yeah, it did. Um, but I'm glad I read it. Yep. It's cool. a horrible so, logo, but that and you just explained why. It's like why is this cover so ugly? Yeah, I I, I did a double take on that. I, I like, have oh, nothing but uh, good things to say about the nice Russian people who are behind the company. Yes, nice, good, <laughs> good, great logo. <laughs> All right, well, those are the books that that we read and enjoyed this week. Uh, but you, the iFanboy patrons, uh, are able to vote, as we mentioned earlier when we were talking about uh, supporting us on Patreon. Uh, patrons can vote on a book to be added to the rundown for us to talk about. And this week, uh, Connor, what was the what was the winner? Tokyo Ghost number ten just squeezed past World of War Tanks by one vote. And as we mentioned last time, these are close votes. So if you're not yeah. if you're patron and you're not out there voting. We put the link on a, on our social pages. We put it on the Patreon page itself. If you're not out there voting, you you know three three of you out. Cha- three of you could have changed this week's uh, outcome. But uh, well, also, and a couple of you, you might be new folks, but uh, please don't write your pick in the comment on the post with the link to where you can vote. Right. Just Doesn't follow count. the we link and then vote. That's that's we don't, we're not we don't count those votes. Also, yeah. we were going to talk about this book anyway. So thank you. Don't tell <laughs> them that. That saved time. <laughs> this uh, was the final issue. Patri- uh, Tokyo Ghost number ten. 
at the end of the book, Remender says he loves the world and the characters, and he could maybe they'll come back one day, but you know how that goes. Yeah, uh, they rarely do. Um, so this is the final issue of Tokyo Ghost. So I think it was proper because I, I, I had, I had felt fallen way behind. Just so so happens vacations and things. I had read three issues of this in a row t- this week. Right, and it felt like a little treading water. Yeah, for a while. Like I think after it's the Davy character. Yeah, and yeah. after they went to to Tokyo, and then they came back. Once they came back, it felt like we treaded water for our, like three or four issues. And yeah. then, I uh, think once you took uh, Lead Dent or whatever his real name is out of it, like him being yep. alive, and the, like it, it was harder to grab onto because that was the story that was interesting. He was in this in a form, but it wasn't really him. Teddy. Yeah, and I, I think having that Davy bad guy talk was a, a lot like a sort of a Rick version of Nagin from Walking Dead, and I was kind of like, all right, I get it. Yeah, I felt I felt like it was, a, 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 I got a little more of a mojo from the old X-Men mojo, <laughs> yeah, okay. mojo books, you know, but uh, yeah, but I, I could see that across with Negan. Like, like, you know, I, I liked of, it, like it was, it was a great yeah. series, and like it was, it was a good ending, I just, I think it maybe could have been two issues shorter. Yeah. But gorgeous, also, I'm, I'm just flipping through, looking at these mm-hmm. Sean Murphy pages, and uh, there's, a, there's a page where uh, she is, uh, healing her friend from Tokyo and you see Teddy's face in the background it's a green it's a green panel and there's the the page where she's sailing away just a gorgeous one full shot of that that Sean Murphy signed you always know that there's those are special pages when the artist signs the page yeah um, yeah that was and that's a great page yeah so. I like this series this is one of Remender's better uh anxiety about the future is series he's been doing I think yeah I, I really yeah. like the, the metaphor of it and and what what I think will be interesting is to um, I would like to revisit this like in a year or so when it's the one volume of all ten issues mm-hmm. and see how that feels and reads you know but um okay. uh, but gorgeous and I know I, I know I spoke to Rick about it and he said this is one of his you know favorite things he's done in a while and so he's really proud of it and I think I think the reason why the stopping of Sean Murphy is Sean Murphy and he's got other stuff to do and so you know keeping it you know this is this is what they did they did this great story maybe they'll come back to it so yeah. This is definitely one of the best things he's. I mean, he's he was really tuned into this particular world characters. Rick was. Uh, sure. He's been like Miller. He's been one of those guys p- pumping out really great book after really great book. But this is one of the better ones. Yep. Um, and Sean Murphy's going off to do Batman for a year or more. Not bad or more. Yeah. Uh. All right, cool. So uh, make sure you sign up to be an iFanboy patron at goodifanboy.com slash support. And, if, and every week we post a link where you can vote for it and you can be heard. You can pick a book that we talk about. Make us talk about something. Come on, we dare you. Pick a book. I always enjoy Read the a ones book? that Read a book. <laughs> Rating. I enjoy the ones that are weird. I like those picks. Should, yeah, we, no, I, should I we give the Patreon books ratings? Ooh, interesting. And that way Maybe. there would always be a rating. Maybe. Interesting. Put it out to the people. I know what the people are going to say. Yeah, people are going to say yes. You know yeah, the people absolutely. want it. There's no reason not to yeah. do it. All right. Not starting next well, time. Starting next yeah. week. Okay. All right, well, good. We're not sticking with this one because it's over. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do an email. Let's do some emails. Or a let's couple do an email. of... Oh, we, got, we don't have just emails this week. So let's do uh, some audience questions. Ethan from Richmond, Virginia. I can tell you exactly how long I thought about this because I blacked out for 30 seconds after Josh said, quote, a short box where I keep the comics I really care about, trying to imagine what that would make that cut. What's in the box? A short <laughs> box holds 150 to 200 comics because I'm, because I'm sure young Josh meticulously bagged and boarded, especially issues that he really cared about. Is the entire Preacher run in there or just highlights? I'm particularly interested in anything that may have a story behind it like X-Men Fantastic Four does. So I found the box. I was going to do this weeks ago, but I couldn't find the box. <laughs> but I have, which, which I feel like you really care about. Here's your answer. All right. Yeah. No, no. The box was. It was because it was in my son's room, and he was napping about the time that I had to get it. For was he sleeping on the box? No, it was just in a closet. Okay. The thing about this box is it's dated because one of the things that's in it is uh, every issue of uh, the Kevin Smith Joe Casada Daredevil, which was very important to me at the time. All the issues of um, the Inhumans uh, by Jay Lee. Uh, the first issue, like, signed by uh, Jenkins and Jay Lee. And then some sort right. of weird, uh, there's, a like, a, a variant cover that I bought, like, for a lot of money. Because that was really rare at the time. More and you so. love that. You love that series. I, I still do. It's the I mean, like, I don't like almost anything that uh, he's done besides that. But but I do. Uh, Jenkins, Jenkins, sorry. 
and I have an issue. I have a Comic Con exclusive Sentry number one signed by Jay Lee, Paul Jenkins, and I can't tell who the colorist is, but it's on here too. Look at you. I know. So like that's the kind of stuff that's in here. Uh, uh, the you're, first you're a huge Paul Jenkins fan. I guess so. The first yeah. twelve or so issues of a hundred bullets. The first mm, issue wow. of uh, Ennis and Dylan's Punisher is in here. A lot of Marvel Knights, like I said. All of my McFarlane Amazing Spider-Mans are in here. Whoa. Which nice. is my first comic book I ever bought. Wow. Uh, there he is. Enter the man called Paladin. Have gun, will kill. And and you know what it says on this uh, first part of the assassination plot? Now on sale twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> so all six parts of the assassination plot. Uh, those were always really great. Um, there's... 12 issues of 100 bullets, or maybe a little more. Batman Year One, number one. Uh, a lot of fucking. Well, not number one, it's like number four. Right, but number part one of the thing. Civil War! All of the Civil War issues are in here. But, unlike everything else in the box, they are not bagged and bored. They're just loose issues (laughs) of Civil War, which is funny. Um, shit, I wonder if those are worth anything. (laughs) No. Let let me answer you, no. (laughs) All of Secret Invasion is in here. Wow. Wow, why do you have Secret Invasion? I don't know. I must have still been first issue of... Oh, I have an issue of Rucka's Detective, signed by Greg Rucka. Dave Johnson cover. Oh, my God. From Top Cow, signed by the author. Oh, I know what it is. Rising Stars number one, signed by J. Michael Straczynski. Rising Stars, wow. Wow. How we have changed. Okay. He's retiring. I got a, an issue of Thor here, signed by Walt Simonson. It's a S- Simonson Thor art. It's a lot of signed stuff in here from when we were going to cons early. So I got a Thunderbolts here, signed by Nicieza and Mark Bagley. Wolverine, si- Wolverine number one, uh, 80, the, is it 82 or 84? The original limited series? Mm. The Wolverine one? Oh, that's 80, 82, 82. Signed yep. by Claremont. Yep. Uh, wow, you really went for the signing. That was, the, but it was all like that first couple years we went. All of yeah. my Astro Cities are in here, the first series. Uh, a lot of those early Wolverine, Planetary. So the America's Best Comics is the other stuff that's in here, or uh, not, not, not Best Comics, Planetary. That's the Warren Ellis stuff. Dark Victory. All those are signed. There you go. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, first couple issues of uh, Miracle Man, Marvel Man. Cool. All right. Yeah, Kevin Smith and Joe Casada signed Daredevil number one. <laughs> All right. That's, that's a, what's in that's the box. A, that's a nice little trip down. Uh... There's another box somewhere that has like, like it's like a long box that has like the runs of like all of Why the Last Man, all of Lucifer, all of like sort of those mid 2000s series that I really loved. Uh, Queen and Country, that kind of thing. I kept that. Well, let's let's jump to the next email because that's probably relevant to what we just discussed with, yeah. with Josh. All right. This comes from Ace from in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, he says, I was shocked to discover that my new 52 run of Batman number one through five by Snyder and Capullo were somehow actually valuable as I was going through the process of purging back issues. Instead of taking them to the thrift store like I normally do, I took them to my local comic book store and made back some sweet coin. I was honestly under the impression that aside from ancient artifacts like X-Men number one, comics were essentially not worth much. But what could possibly make a comic like the new 52 Batman valuable or collectible? It wasn't even the start of Snyder's run writing Batman. I would be lying to say that I've been thinking about this since people lost a lot of time and money investing in the death of Superman in the 90s, but essentially, dot, dot, dot. A <laughs> lot, lot in that ellipsis. You can always get money for runs. Yep. Especially complete runs. And, people... and of, like, the hot thing, which, yeah. Is, yeah. which is Capullo on Batman was the hot thing. Yeah, I mean, you can... I'm looking at eBay now. I looked at Batman. Scott I was just doing you the exact al- same thing, yeah. You, yeah. Can always, you, you can always sell a complete run of something. I sold... All my new fifty two books on eBay, and got not like huge amount of money, but I I made my money back and and profited because people just either missed out or whatever and they want the whole thing. So I you know yeah. you want all detective comics. So here you go. And they, you want, and they want the issues. Like they see value yeah. in that as opposed to the trades. I've always well, like, so I'm, I'm looking here. I'm looking here that there's a Batman number one new fifty two first printing was read once after purchase and kept in a plastic bag and it's currently is twelve bids. It's up to forty one dollars. Jesus. Yeah. So. so, I mean, I feel like there's a little faction of collectors that have always been there, and yep. now it feels like their time to sort of come out again. Because that's been happening. There was a time where Valiant issues 
with Wait, a... hold on, hold on. There's somebody trying to sell Batman 1 through 7 for $500 on eBay. Oh, jeez. He has... He has no bids currently. Uh, yeah. Remember, like, like when Valiant variant issues were going for like a hundred bucks, but only the week they came out. <laughs> oh, wait a minute! It's actually the entire run. He just has it weird, weirdly. It's Batman one through fifty-two for five hundred dollars, yeah. but no, no bids on it. I think I tried to sell all of my Ultimate Spider-Mans for something like that, like all the original Ultimate Spider-Man run. Right. I thought about it because other people were selling. I don't think I actually did. Well, because that's well, the thing. one is Ultimate Spider-Man one is worth a lot. Is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. here somewhere. So like the run of it's worth something, but I, I feel like uh, I don't know about that. Okay, but yeah, it'd no. be weird to sell that. But the thing is, like, I'm like, great, I'll sell it. But I think the thing is, you like with those runs, like that takes a lot of time and effort, and sometimes that's not worth it. Like I could totally sell a run of comic. Like I probably have a dozen runs of comics that I could sell for forty bucks each. But right. am I gonna do it? You know what I mean? Uh, I'll- Oh, uh, there's an eBay. There's an Ultimate Spider-Man number one through seventy-seven lot for one hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But like the number one, like that have to be CGC. Like it wouldn't just be yeah. an issue that you have. That's the other well, that's thing. A, that's the thing. Like that's the funny thing. Like recently, when I was going through my collection, I pulled my New Mutants number ninety-eight because it's the first Deadpool, and it, you know, and and I saw people selling, you know, just bagged copy like mine for you know three through you know three hundred three hundred fifty dollars and i saw somebody with a cgc one going for fifteen hundred dollars yeah so the what the cgc you know the locking in of the value really catapults that can catapult that price i mean like here i'm looking at ultimate spider-man number one 9.8 cgc and it's uh on ebay for 285 dollars so so i feel like in the 90s everyone was doing this but now I feel like it's a select group of people who are doing this. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the way that they've chosen to participate in comics as opposed to in the 90s. It was that was a part of the conversation for all of it. Yeah, Everybody bought multiple copies. Yep. Yeah. And I, I can tell you, be, being, you know, being on the con circuit for a couple of years and, and handling creator you know, signings and stuff like that. You know, the guys walk up with the with the suitcase and open it up and they've got a stack of books or that they bring over a CGC rep to watch it get signed, mm-hmm. you know, and like and there are definitely people that that is their participation in comics and, you know, say what you will. But that's. You know, well, that's and that. then the, then the creator conversation is starting to go starting to go. Well, if that happens, I should be able to charge them for that. Yeah, which is fair because I mean those people are profiting massively off some guy writing on the thing, you know. Yeah. When the guy is already like it's his work for hire job, he already got paid for it, and that's it. <laughs> All right, we moving on, or what are we doing here? What? Uh, you decide, Josh. It's your show. Um, let's save it. Okay. We'll save the voicemail for next time. Yeah. Okay. Because you know why? Because it was a, it's a long voicemail. Didn't keep it to 30 seconds. That's right. true. You would have made your cut if you had been 30 seconds instead of a minute plus. All <laughs> right. So if you have any questions that you want to get in, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. And don't forget to let us know who you are, where you're from, how long you thought about the question. And try to keep it brief, whether it's in an email or a media file in the form of a voicemail. Keep it within 30 seconds or so there. So, All right. Now is the moment that we've all been waiting for. Uh, so every week, every week we want to thank uh, just a group of our a small group of our patrons who support us at patreon.com slash ifanboy if you support at a certain level you get thanked on the show and what we do is we give you a dumb or awesome depending on your point of view superpower yeah. and so this week Ron starts off alright so our first patron that we want to thank is David Giza and David Giza has the power to tell you if that food is spoiled Ooh. So no more checking dates or anything. They go, David, this meat's still good? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can cook that. He could even tell you if the, you know, like, sometimes the, the number isn't actually accurate. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, they're actually very conservative with the, the yeah. food dating. So that'd be, yeah. that's interesting. Do you think he would, save like, a lot of money. You think he would go and hang out by, like, the dairy section and he would just be like, mm-mm, mm <laughs> I think actually what happens then is that he opens a restaurant that is really where they make their money is on their inventory management, on their food management. As food right. here is really good. Why is because they never yeah, get screwed fresh. over by the distributors. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. So that's a practical application. Yeah. Wait, can he just tell you if it is is like binary, or can he tell you when it's going to expire? No, it's just whether it's expired or not. He can't okay. tell you when. He can't do. Oh, binary. you got two more days. He's like, no, it's not right. there yet. It's yeah, yeah. So I yeah. see. Yep. All right. Next up right. is uh, Matt, either Colthurst or Colthurst. 
<laughs> and um, Matt's power is that whenever he touches paper, he can tell what kind of tree it was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's an alder. That's a birch stock. That's a mix consisting of alder, birch, and old growth maple, so you may not want to use that anymore. Interesting. All right. All right, so Stuart Stapleton's power, at first, it may not seem that impressive, but when you think about it, it's actually very valuable. All right. Uh, Stuart Stapleton can touch any ink cartridge and fill it back up. Wow. Wow. Well, so now here's the question, though. Is he just, can he just generate ink? Does, does there need to be a cartridge? Is, that to, as long as there is a molecule, much like our friend earlier in the show who could heal from a molecule, as long as there's a molecule of ink still in that cartridge, he can replicate it. Is that also but okay, it so so okay, so it's got to be, the, the ink has to be in a receptacle, so he could refill yeah. a pen for, for all intents and purposes. Yes, like you're right. he, can't, he can't just make ink, he can't like just shoot ink at you. Like a, he's not an octopus. Right. He's he not, he, Stuart Stapleton is not an octopus. It's not an octopus. <laughs> Put that on your business card, Stuart. Uh, but he, as long as the ink is in a receptacle, he can refill it. So you just buy that one cartridge of ink, and you're good for your forever, Stuart. Wow. Yeah. Right. He's valuable. He's a valuable employee. He's going to make back for the company his salary just from ref- just. That's from a man who needs to work for himself, though. You got to start your own outlet for that because otherwise, you know, it's just exploitation. You can bring your ink by his house for a small fee. He'll refill it for you. Oh, all right. There does you it go. tire him out? Does it deplete him? Does uh, he need to, like? Really. Does he need to worry about being dehydrated? No, no. Okay. okay. It's just because it's, it's a little boring. But well, that's the pro. There's your problem right there. Yeah. Not like yeah. the paper guy. Matt's just no. like I don't. It, it's birch. It's always a surprise at the paper guy. This guy's like the ink's just it's uh, it's red ink. Yeah, I go. I know. Yeah. Oh, can he do all colors? Yeah, anything. He's just repli- he's replicating. Because he's replicating what was okay. He's replicating the the the, the molecule. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, but only for now. We say receptacle. So what about like India ink, like a like a like a jar of India ink, like an artist would use? Yes, because it's in a container and it's ink. Yeah. Okay, I should have known that answer. I suppose. Stuart Stapleton, one pen, one cartridge guy. That's all he needs. All right, there you go. Um, all right, and our last patron, we want to thank Matthew Murphy. Um, I really hope he's into photography because his hands are also flash bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the great thing is that he can, he's an excellent phot- you know, photographer's assistant. You know, like when they do the pop, 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 whatever, all he's got to do is just, he takes his hands from a fist to open hand and it's a flash. Um, but the thing is also is that he could have a career in law enforcement or in or at, uh, red light cameras, you know, and right. things like any anywhere where you need a flash, he he can step in. It's it, easy pass. Really, yeah, easy pass that sort of thing. You know, they want to catch the drunk drivers. He's just standing there on a. He can get a job where he's just sitting there on a, a telephone pole, just flashing drivers as they go by. So they call him Flashbulb. This is. It's is uh, Connor. Is it weirding you out that we found Ron's actual hidden talent? I know. <laughs> What people don't know is that we have this, we discussed this off the air when we first had the idea, and Ron went off for about twenty minutes with <laughs> and new, like new ideas every every few and minutes, and not was, bad ones. No, they were all good. <laughs> they were all good, and I really like. I thought, well, this will be one that I'm good at, and now I don't even know why I'm bothering. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I, I, I've, I've given a lot of thought about zero what, 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 what mutant power I'd have. <laughs> you've shown zero creative fictional spark, but now. Flashbulbs in the hands. It's weird. And crazy enough, they call them flashbulb. One of these companies needs to hire you. Does it make the popping sound like the old? Yes. Like the yes, old like the old forties. Like and then the pop. fizzle. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. So if you want to get your own dumb superpower, go to Patreon.com/slash/fanboy. Find the appropriate level, and uh, you'll get on the list. And there's a lot of patrons, so we got a long way to go. Uh, thank you all for who give money. We appreciate every one of you. Hopefully you enjoy the, the superpowers. Let's do some plugs quickly and get out of here. We had our Batman Killing Joke show that came out. All of you were wondering about In fact, we had someone wondering the moment of posting it, where it was. Batman Killing Joke, where Paul and Ryan and I got together to discuss the controversial DC Universe animated original film. And look forward to next month, as promised through Patreon, we, Patreon, we have a Booksplode coming. Actually, not next month. It's now September. This month... We'll have a book split for you sometime later in the month. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, we the last month we did the talk explode, which is still there. 
with uh, Gabriel Hardman and Karina Becko of uh, Invisible Republic and many other books, um, some of which you will not know about yet, but they'll be cool. Um, and it's a great conversation um, with a couple of really great creators who are very different from one another, who will, but who also work together. And, and, are, and, and are married. Any, did Gabe lay down any laws? I mean, not directly like that, but pretty much. A lot of salty judgment. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> but that's kind of what we signed up for. Yeah. Did he judge um, you? I'm sure. I mean, oh, oh, I mean, come yeah. on. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's important. Yeah, to you know what? That yes. That, that talk <laughs> was the, the first in our commitment to adding a fifth uh, episode per month, um, assuming that it's a four-week month, uh, where we do a talk explode interview or – uh, have a discussion around a graphic novel, and that's going to be our next one in September, right, Connor? Yes, I just mentioned that. Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. <laughs> He's just checking. You seem to know. You, you nope. right out. I, I zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, um, if you like Goodfellas, uh, the movie Goodfellas or Martin Scorsese or anything like that, you should go check out our sister podcast, Goodfellas Minute. Um, it's all done and and taken care of. No new episodes, but uh, we're coming up on the year anniversary, and it's a great time to revisit it. So uh, go to goodfellasminute.com. You can listen to it again, or if you haven't listened to it, uh, listen to it new for the first time. Uh, and finally, you can go over to ifanboy.com where you can comment on the post about this show, find uh, the Killing Joke show or the Gabriel Hardman, Karina Becco interview or the upcoming uh, Booksplode um, and all the other great stuff. Uh, it's all there at ifanboy.com. Uh, you can go to follow us on social media at facebook.com slash ifanboy or you can go to Twitter at ifanboy and follow us there. And you follow us individually. You can find Josh at J.A. Flanagan, Connor at C.S. Kilpatrick, and I am at RonXO. And finally, if you like the show, write a review on iTunes. It's how people find podcasts. It takes you only a few seconds. We appreciate everyone who does that. And better yet than that is to tell your friends or your comic store buddies or your comic store owners or whoever about our show. We really appreciate everyone spreading the word. And uh, thank you very much. And that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. My name is Connor. And I'm Ron. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> I feel like I need to up my game now, Josh. I liked my, my thing, but now I feel inadequate. You, you can't. You know what? You can't call him out on not paying attention to something else when he did that beforehand. <laughs> Listen, he, was drained. Defense, he was drained. He was drained. He collapsed defense, into his I, chair. I did turn the air conditioning off when we started the show, and we're getting to that point where it's like, That's oh, fair. I need to turn that back. <laughs> you just feeling that drip? Yep. <laughs> the, the one, the one bead going down the back. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>